Hey, it's Domestic Don, Josh Landers. I'm going to start this podcast off a little bit differently than usual. I already have a pre-recorded 45 minutes or so of kind of raw material. Raw meaning my microphone, for some reason, was fucked up. And I wasn't recording through my regular microphone. I was recording through my computer. And I didn't notice that because I just was rambling on for so long. Because the week has been just so strange and different. Especially on Wednesday night. So I'm doing a little prelude here that I'll put right before the scratchy sort of echoey version so if you don't mind just get through it slog through it because i think there's some good stuff it was raw like my emotions were fairly raw on that wednesday evening which you'll hear about here in a second as well as some other things but i hope you enjoy it and i'll get back to the regular podcast next time with hopefully a better recording all right thanks for listening guys hey it's domestic dawn josh landers how's it going uh, all I gotta say to start off this podcast is this world, man. This fucking world is crazy sometimes. It just hits you, it slaps you like a wet fish right in the face every once in a while. Just, alright, wake up, keep your head on a swivel. Don't keep your head down, look around, shit's gonna happen. It can happen to anyone. And that's what happened to me last night and my family. And I'm sure you're thinking, oh, what happened now, Josh? Did someone cut you off in traffic? Did one of your students mouth off on the last day of class saying how boring the class was or how they didn't learn anything? Did some MILF at Safeway not say thank you when you held the door open for her? Yeah, that all happened. But that's not what I'm talking about. What happened last night, it just makes you realize some certain shit that you don't really realize a lot of the time or you don't think about. There was a shooting outside my house. Around, I'd say, 7.15, 7.30 in the evening. So still sunny, or still light outside, sunny enough. So six to eight shots ring out loudly right in front of my house, on the corner of my house, uh, around the corner of the street there. My son and I are watching the Warriors-Raptors Game 3 in the garage where we have our little man cave set up. So we're watching that. My wife's about to go to the store to get something for her class tomorrow. And then right, you know, just in the, in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere, I just hear pop, 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 pop. Like I said, about six to eight of them I counted. And reading the report later on, that's what they estimated with other, other witnesses as well. So let me paint the picture here. That's an eye-opener, first off. That's an eye-opener. And I've heard gunshots before. I've shot guns before. And this, is gonna, this isn't going to be some sort of anti-gun movement or some pro-gun movement. I'm going not, to not try to get into that. I'm sure I'll tap into it a little bit because it just seeps in there. That debate, anyways, always seeps in whenever there's guns around and guns are involved. And this is directly involved, right in front of my fucking house, 20 feet from my door, 20 feet from where my kids are sleeping, or my daughter was sleeping at the time. I felt like Al Pacino all night. These are where my children sleep in Godfather 2. That's how I felt. And again, I'll explore that shit later on, I'm sure. It's going to get deeper and deeper psychologically with what, what I was feeling that last night. So let me paint the picture again. So, watching the Raptors game, Warriors with my son, game three, relaxing in the garage, and those gunshots ring out. And where we live is about an hour north of San Francisco. And it's a blue-collar town more so than San Francisco. I mean, it's, a, it's an agricultural area. Uh, we don't live in an agricultural neighborhood. We live more in the city, a mile from downtown proper of this city. And it's a, it's a working-class neighborhood. It's a mix of good and bad. When you're walking through, when I'm walking the dog or my kids are riding their bikes, it's a mix. there's good houses, there's good neighborhoods, a 
block away might be okay. A block away, a block this way might be a little shadier, and a block down the street might be fantastic. So like, a, and we live right in the middle of those. Our house is fine. The neighborhood seems fine. We've never really been scared before outside of a little tagging incident on my fence that I've had a couple of times since we moved here last year, and I mentioned that on a very early podcast. But those are just little shithead 14, 15-year-old gangsters in my mind. But this night, this, last night was a little bit more real, right? This really was obviously someone who has a gun who probably shouldn't have a gun. So we live on this lot in front of a large grassy field that leads to an elementary school a couple of blocks down the road. And luckily school wasn't in session. I mean, it's 7.30 at night, so it wouldn't be anyways. But school's out for summer. But what's not out for summer is soccer practice. And this big, large field is, is huge enough to host a lot of practices. And on Saturdays, they have games for, you know, 10 to 12-year-old leagues, 6 to 8-year-old leagues. And we brought my daughter over there to watch a game here and there, a girls game, because we want to sign her up possibly for soccer next year. So it's a family event on Saturdays. And during the week right now, they have probably four or five days a week, they have practices there. We can hear the whistles going off. We can hear the kids laughing and yelling at each other. And it's kind of nice to hear. We hear parents talking to each other. It's nice to have right behind your house, you know, that, that, that sort of uh, family feel, right? So I guess what happened, the reports I heard and talking to people in the neighborhood after the shooting and talking to some cops here and there who would give information. And, you know, cops are cops. Some are nice, some are dicks, some are just the typical quintessential cop. But what we heard, what I heard, is that there was a gang beef, some sort of gang beef between two individuals, two. So out of the hundred of kids and coaches and family members watching their children practice and giving their time up in their day and in their life to give that kid the opportunity to play soccer, there's two assholes that get in the way of this shit, two dicks that figure a way to, you know what, we're going to fuck everything up. So I guess there was words between two guys. And one of the guys stayed at the field who had words with another guy who was passing by in a car, a brown SUV supposedly. I don't think they got caught yet. So if you live in the general North Bay area and you see a brown SUV with four shady individuals, call the cops. Probably don't chase them. It seems like they're armed and dangerous. So that beef continued just down the block. And supposedly the guy thought it was over or people in the area thought it was over because no one really had a cause for concern. Practice went on. And let me detail this. After the practice, there's an adult pickup league. So this isn't the fault of the kids and the coaches and their moms and dads watching these children practice soccer. This is the fault of the adult soccer league. It's not all of their faults. But within this adult soccer league, there had to be some, obviously, gang members or someone who had a problem with someone else. Maybe on the opposite team, or maybe just it's a neighborhood thing. I don't know. I haven't lived here long. I haven't really figured out the whole gangster vibe of this area. So after that beef, this, the SUV pulls right, not in front of my house, but on the corner of my house. Because, of course, where we live, all the cars for the practice park along the streets, and it gets busy. It's hard to find parking at that time of the day anyways. And it's even harder when you have a lot of extra cars there for the soccer practice. So he just pulls around the corner, and he gets out. And I have about a 50-foot-long fence along the sidewalk that leads to the park. That's where he got out and started walking down towards the field. And he just starts popping, pop, 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 right when he gets out of the car. So they found bullet casings at the side of the street. They found bullet casings at the corner of my fence, which are marked out. 
in uh, little pink circles and, uh, and little pink diagrams and arrows and shit like that for the, what the cops did, I guess, last night while our house, the corner of our house, was blocked off by police tape and the entire neighborhood was blocked off by police tape, which is kind of a surreal moment to see police tape stuck around your tree in the corner of your yard or wrapped around your tree, wrapped around a fence post. And luckily our fence post and our fence is high. It's about an eight foot fence. So the guy wasn't targeting us. He was just targeting the guy he had a beef with. But still, what kind of pussy, what kind of just cunt goes out with a gun into a mass of people and just shoots when you have words with people? That's all it was, supposedly. A beef or words. What happened to fists? Use your fists. You fucking asshole. So when he shoots into the crowd, Mr. Tough Guy, with a gun, he strikes three people. The bullet strike three people. He's a, probably a fucking horrific shot. He shot eight times, and he struck three people. So that's not a good shot. He's not a dead eye, as you would call it. But unfortunately, there was a 40-year-old coach that got hit in the calf. He's going to be fine. There was a 20-year-old guy, the suspect he had a beef with. He got hit in the chest. I'm still not sure if he's going to make it. But that last news report, it was life-threatening. That was late last night. I haven't checked it yet today. Well, it was a life-threatening chest wound. And then the one that was the saddest, not saying a 40-year-old getting shot and a 20-year-old getting shot isn't sad, but there's a 10-year-old kid, a soccer player, who probably just finished school for the year in, what, fourth grade? And now he's at soccer practice. It's summer. It's nice out. He's practicing with his friends. And then he gets shot. Luckily, his, what I saw of it, it was just a graze. A graze, maybe in the upper thigh area, is kind of, he was holding his crotch, so hopefully it didn't hit, hit there. I heard, again, through the grapevine, that he was all right as well. That he, it wasn't a life-threatening bullet wound. Uh, but it's just, again, concerning. Very disconcerting and concerning that this could happen still in this day and age on a daily basis, but in, in my neck of the woods, right at the corner of my house. That's what really just upset me the rest of the night. Again, I have trouble sleeping anyways. But it was more of a restless night last night. You could still see through uh, the window on my front door, probably until 2 in the morning, the flashing lights of cop cars. They're still checking out the scene. They, I still had the police tape up when I would try to lay down and go to sleep. You could hear them talking outside and doing whatever they're doing with their CSI shit to gather evidence. And hopefully they gather enough evidence to find this piece of shit, the piece of shit who shot everybody. And hopefully the guy who, the 20-year-old who got shot in the chest, hopefully lives so he can tell who the piece of shit was and then find his his own involvement with gang. I hate that, I hate fucking gang. They make no sense to me. And it's not a, it's not a gun problem. That's why I didn't want to get into today. That, oh, if people listen to this or if I put something on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you know, a little uh, uh, storytelling on there. People will say, oh, okay, then they'll get into a gun debate. And it'll just completely be apples to oranges. Logical fallacy, right? Black, They're just going to go completely steer off gear, a red herring. It'll be a red herring, right? You're going to be dangling this gun control debate over the real issue and the real problem. That a person can get out of their car and just randomly shoot into a crowd of people, mostly kids, and have no concern at all about what, might, what the aftermath might be. What's going to happen if he strikes a fucking kid or an innocent victim? That's what my biggest problem is with this, that mentality. Not the gun. Yeah, the gun, sure. The pro, it's a problem. In the wrong hands, it's a problem. Are we ever going to get rid of guns? No. And again, I don't want this to turn into a fucking gun control debate. 
We're never going to get rid of guns. It's just not going to happen. No matter how, however much money Congress is going to spend on the Democratic side to get away from guns and to get uh, regulate guns and have criminals relinquish their guns, I don't. I just don't see it happening. It's too much of a black market for that. It's too easy to get a gun. So again, political shit aside, this is a person problem, right? This is a fucking social. This is an economic. This is just a problem of humanity, in my mind. Who does that? How do you have that mindset to be, you know what, I'm going to get out of this car and just shoot from about 50 feet away into a crowd? And, of course, right when I hear the bullets, you know, a couple, maybe a minute or two after the bullets, I can see people starting to run past my house, going to their cars, freaked out, obviously. I see my neighbor. She's kind of walking, running down the street. So I go out there, and my, son's, my daughter is luckily asleep. It was, it was that late at night, like I mentioned, she's luckily asleep and she did not wake up. So my, my wife goes and checks on her just to make sure, you know, that, were, those, were those bullets? Did they come through our house? Did they go through the fence? Luckily, it didn't go through the fence. He was, he, like I said, we weren't the target. Right? Some beef. That fucking beef again. I hate that word. Some beef between people. Go punch them. Fucking use, get your ass kicked. Like a man. Get your ass kicked old school. So after that, my son, Dad, don't go outside. He's freaked out. My dog's even freaked out. She fucking bolts in because she hears the shots. And, you know, dogs are smarter than we probably think they are, even though I make fun of how stupid they are. She doesn't want to get shot. She knows what those noises are. And so she's freaked out. She goes in the garage or she goes in the house, runs in my son's room. She's freaked out. My son, oh, equally, at 13, of course, he's freaked out too. He's a 13-year-old kid. And I would be, he's never heard gunshots before. And again, I'm not, I'm not a war veteran who's, who's seen battle. I'm not someone who, who uh, goes shooting regularly, so I, don't, I haven't really heard bol- or, uh, reports from a gun either, especially that close, and especially without deliberately pulling the trigger myself at a target or somewhere in the middle of, of New Mexico with my friend who had an AK-47 for some fucking reason and shooting a bottle out of a creek, a water bottle from a creek. Yeah, okay, that's, it's different when you're in control of it. It's different. It just is. So what I, what I did is just, again, run, ran out. Everybody's a little freaked out. Everybody's confused and then when I turned the corner you can see the chaos and the guy who shot the who pulled the trigger he already got in the SUV and roared down away from the street uh, supposedly another car ran after him I don't know what happened with that uh, but I think maybe someone else got shot I haven't I haven't heard much on that then the cops are start maybe starting to show up you can hear sirens in the distance but I get to the scene I, I didn't have to walk far it's right there right around my house Right around the same corner I've gone a thousand times this year with my daughter on her bike or going to play basketball with my son in the school a thousand yards away behind the park on the other side of the grassy field. Yeah, so we turn the corner. I turn the corner and I see just people, of course, huddled around the people who got shot. There's the kid who got shot. He's leaning against a car at the curb and he's, of course, moaning and whimpering. And, you know, there's people pressing uh, shirts and uh, towels and other things against where he was shot. You can see some blood, but not a lot. Then you see the guy who had the uh, the calf wound, and you know he's he's standing up. He's a little still freaked out, just looking at it. Uh, but he, again, he, he's holding it together. Then you see the guy who was laid out, and he was a little further on in this big by this big giant uh, redwood tree in the middle of the field, or the edge of the field. Excuse me, right by the sign of the park. He's just laid out on flat on his back. And I kind of I got close enough to see, but there's a big crowd around him uh, that was already uh, attending to him. Pressure shed on his chest, kind of turning him over to see if there was an exit wound, things like that. So he didn't look well. He did not look like he was going to make it. But I guess he made it onto the ambulance and got to the hospital, like I said, as far as I know. But again, it's just chaos. It's just chaos. 
people are freaking out. People are crying. You know, they're running here and there. No one really knows exactly what to do. Then the police came and start assessing the situation. They start taking control a little bit. Everybody get out of here. They're putting latex gloves on. They're the first responders to get there to help the uh, victims before the uh, paramedics get here. And eventually the paramedics got here as well. So, you know, they, they showed up fast, which was a relief. And actually, I was a little surprised how quickly they, they did show up. And there's probably about 12 to 13 cop cars just streaming down. Then eventually just cordoning off. Uh, the, the intersection completely blocking off anybody from walking past the scene of the crime. And of course, what do people do? Well, I was one of them. They become looky-loos. So the entire neighborhood around probably this eight-block area, and they come and just gather on all the corners. And of course, my corner is one of the fucking corners. So we're just looking and trying to figure out what happened and what the hell is going on. And what, what, what is this? What is this? Is this just a day in the life? I don't live in the inner city. I don't live in a place where I assume it's going to happen on a day. I don't live in fucking South Chicago or St. Louis when it was bad. I don't know if it's still bad. Or Memphis when I was physically scared walking through Memphis a few times years ago. Because I just heard stories about it. It's not that type of place. It doesn't seem like that to me. It's fucking Northern California. Cushy, cozy, Northern California, Bay Area. Fucking hippies and gay pride and all that shit. Right, the starting of revolutions and movements. I'm not in San Francisco. I'm north of there. And this place even seems less likely to have some sort of ghetto. With more, mostly, but again, I see it. Every place has a ghetto. Even the smallest towns have a fucking ghetto. They have the shady side of town. They have the place that, like, I wouldn't go down that street at night. Even the place I lived at for eight years. Small little 16,000 person town. Even people that, oh, don't walk that, down that street at night. Don't ride your bike down there. And of course, when I first moved there, what do I do? Okay, I'm going to just see what it is. There's no way this is like the gangster street. And I guess it is. That's where most of the shit happens in that small town, that city, that small city. But again, I didn't feel scared. And I've never, like I said, never felt scared here. Never felt scared. I always have my head on a swivel, though. I'm always paranoid to a certain degree. Not to a degree where I think I'm going to uh, get caught in some gangland violence or I'm going to uh, get caught in some uh, mass shooting or something like that. No, I'm not paranoid. That I'm just paranoid of people. Because I don't like people. I'm negative always on them. And I guess that brings, not the paranoia, but I guess the, the swivel head. The idea of me always looking around behind me. All right, what's going on here? I don't trust that person. I don't. Maybe it's a trust factor I have with people. So maybe it's not so much paranoia as trust. And that's what really just pisses me off about this situation yesterday. Now I, am I not going to trust taking my kids to the park right behind our house? Am I not going to trust taking my daughter on her bike around the neighborhoods? I just took my dog on a long walk this morning around the neighborhood. I felt completely fine. Completely fine. But again, I'm still looking around just because I'm still a little shaken by last night. And that, the thing that freaked me out the most, what if a bullet went through our house? What if that happened? That's where you hear about victims, and those are the, the victims last night. Not the fucker who had the beef with the other fucker. Not that shit. He's not a victim. He started something and it ended in a bad way. So I'm not saying it's his fault. Oh, fuck it. It is his fault. Don't fucking throw a goddamn gang beef when there's a bunch of kids playing soccer, you fucking prick. Don't do that. That's no way to live. If you want to do it, go somewhere isolated. Find an empty park. Find an empty where uh, parking lot somewhere. Go do it elsewhere. There's not other people around. Don't you know the ramifications, you dumb asshole? That's what it is. That's the problem I have. Education. It's got to be something with education. 
I'm not saying everybody has to get a fucking college degree. No, I'm not talking about college degrees and everybody has to have a higher education. No, I'm not talking. It's education just in life. You say shit to someone else. You say shit to the wrong person. That could reflect badly upon you. And if you're surrounding yourself with innocent people that are not involved in your stupid little gangster pussy shit, that's going to reflect on the people around you, right? So you're bringing everybody in with you when you're not even asking their permission. You're not even involving them at all. You just do something stupid. And the guy with the gun is even worse, of course. He takes that situation and he has that fucking mindset to be like, you know what? I'm going to shoot that motherfucker. And he does, but then he doesn't think of his mind. Oh, what else can happen? Oh, I guess I could hit a kid. Oh, I guess I could just hit innocent bystanders. Nothing like that enters his mind. And this isn't one of those crazy mass shooters that we have out there. This is just a general guy with a mentality of not caring. The empathy is gone. Empathy for people is just out the window. The sympathetic nature that human beings should have, because most animals in nature do have a little bit of sympathy or empathy, at least the higher animals, and we're supposed to be higher animals, aren't we? We're supposed to be the smartest animal out there because we have the what? We have empathy. We have perception. We have critical thinking skills. And I, I got to question that now. Do we? Do we have all those? Some of us do. Maybe many of us do. But in what situation? And how do we teach those skills? So it's not about higher education. It's about Childhood, maybe. Where do you learn those early on? Where do you where do you learn empathy as a child, as a baby? Right? You see your two year old, like I mentioned before on another podcast. You see your two year old slap the shit out of a kid with a or throw a fucking block at his head, and you say, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do, can you apologize? Go apologize to that kid. I'm not saying to make your kid a pussy and apologize for every goddamn thing the kid does. No, the kid's got to toughen up somewhere. He's got to know what right from wrong. But if he's a dickhead and he's throwing blocks at people and he's biting people and the parents not doing anything. They're just sitting there on their fucking cell phone at the library, not reading to the kid, not having them interact in a, in a savvy manner to normal societal standards. And the kid's going to grow up a prick. And most of these kids, I'm assuming, there's some, some uh, statistics out there. I know, I, I know, again, I'm no sociologist. I'm no psychologist. But I know there has to be statistics out there. There's got to be statistics. That the, the fuckers who shoot people randomly, and I'm not talking about the mass shooters. That's a whole other problem. That is a whole other problem. I'm talking about the daily shootings that we have. And I'm sure some of you are going to say, oh, well, mass shootings are daily. They're not daily. They're becoming more routine, but they're not daily. I'm talking about these random acts of violence, of gang warfare or turf war. Or people who are pissed off at their wife's fucking another dude. So he breaks into her house and shoots her and her two kids. That happens. This is the daily shit you see on police logs. So why does that happen? And again, I, I'm no expert. So I would just love for people to weigh in a little bit on this. Because it's affecting me now. It's affecting me. Am I going to look at people a little bit differently? Yeah. For a little while. A couple of days. And I feel like I have a fairly sound uh, mind in terms of critically thinking about things and thinking, okay, that was just a random, I mean, I had to tell, tell my son that. No, what, what I said, it's just a random thing. People are assholes. This shit happens. We can't be scared. And again, I got to show him that you shouldn't be scared of these things. 
Because if you're scared, you hear the whole thing. If you're scared, they win. They take over. But you can't be scared. So I'm still going to go play basketball with him at this court. Because I'm not a target. I'm not a target. If some gangbanger goes by and starts flashing signs and talking shit to me, I hopefully would be the bigger person and just walk away. Just walk away. And I'm not always a bigger person. I've gotten a little arguments on the roadway with people, you know, kind of upset. I've flipped people off on the road before. I'm sure most people who are angry like me and bitter like me have done that at some point. Just fucking, what the fuck? Or raise your hand. And then they raise your hand, their, their hands, excuse me. And then you're like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen next? But that's always in the back of my brain, too. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Josh. Shut up. What are you doing? Yeah, he cut you off. Now you're going to flip him off? What if he was one of those people who have no fucking con uh, context of life? What if he was one of those people who has no empathy for his fellow man or woman? What if he was that person? Or she? Whatever it might be. What if they had a gun and they felt, fuck this guy. Fuck him. And they shoot me. And they miss me and shoot the fucking car next to me who has a baby in the car seat. What if that happened? That's the shit I think about. And now I'm going to think about that more. Now I'm going to think about that more. My daughter fucking sleeping in her little bunk bed, right? She has a lifted bunk bed. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Because cool, if a bullet came in, it would... I was thinking about that shit. And I was thinking about my son's room. Luckily, he doesn't have a window on that side of the street. So a bullet's not going to go through stucco and wood. It's not just, it just won't. So we're fairly self-safe in this little box that we have. But the box cannot protect you forever. You have to get out of that box. You have to go outside. You have to deal with this shit. You have to go with, you have to go where other people are. You have to go where crowds are. You can't just stop having fun because of this bullshit. But that, again, ah, it just makes you think. It just makes you think just a little bit longer. What if? What if? So fucking what, what's been happening with me the last couple of days is just eyes wide open. I've seen the last 18 hours. Eyes wide, or not even that, shit's only been like 12 hours. Eyes wide open. Right? That's all I'm thinking all the time now. Be wary of your surroundings, which you should always be. Be alert of what's going on around you, which you should always be. And just be, again, fuck, man, just empathy. Sympathy for your fellow person. It, 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 it's in you. It's human nature, I think, to not hurt people. But where does this hurt come from? Where does this willingness to hurt randomly? What's the attractiveness of it? At first, I thought it was some maybe uh, initiation gang hit or something like that. And I was trying to explain to my kid what it was. Oh, why, why, why did he do that? Is it a, was he trying to shoot the kids, the soccer players? I said, no, that doesn't usually happen. People don't usually target kids, right, for whatever purpose. But no, he was just, I think I had to be something. And right in my mind, it's like right away, boom. I know where I live. Right? And I know there is certain uh, aspects of certain neighborhoods in, in, in the general area, of the 15-mile radius of this city and all cities. I know that shit happens. It does. It's real life. It happens everywhere. So I'm not going to say this is the worst city in the world because that happened here. But it happened on my fucking doorstep. And that's what really troubles me. It happened on my doorstep. And again, being the sort of privileged white male, I think in my mind every day, oh, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. It does. But everything comes to you. Everything comes to you. When you don't think it does, the world will spit in your face. When you don't think something bad's going to happen, something bad's going to happen. And when you don't even consider the bad things, when you don't even think about the bad things, when you don't even uh, have any sort of cognition about the bad things that are out there, that's probably when you get hit with them. And then the whole, why me? Oh, no, why me? Why did this happen to me? It didn't happen to you. It just happens. And this didn't happen to me. But again, woe is me always seeps in there. That woe is me mentality, like, oh, why did we move here? What was the point of even buying a house in this neighborhood? 
what's what do we do? What do we do wrong? Why are we stuck in this situation? I think it's a, going back. It's again, it is. It's an educational thing, but it's also a class thing. It's a it's a system problem, right? It's a systemic problem in just economics, social status, and just the general social issues that are out there. There's so many. There's so much blame to go out. So when people go, oh, blame the gun. That's not the. That's not pinpointing anything. I blame the person with the gun. That's not pinpointing exactly. There's so many different layers of this. It's just there's too, it's too many layers. It's a mountain of layers that we have to somehow mine through and figure out. And I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. And honestly, I don't think we will. You know, there's people who think uh, humans are innately evil. But some people think it's uh, nature versus nurture. I don't know. I don't know which one I am. I don't think people are inherently evil. I think people are inherently nice. And somehow, somehow through situations, they become evil. And not even evil, but malicious. And evil is a big word, right? That's like Ted Bundy shit. Evil is, is, is the serial killer mentality. I'm not talking about that. It's not even evil. It's malicious intent. People have malicious intent based on their situations. And again, a lot of it comes from money. So, of course, on all these fucking circus thoughts that are going in my head last night, uh, one, I'm sober, so I can't fall asleep. I never took CBD oil. I don't even know if that helps me. But I was just laying there, and I had a head cold for the last couple of days, so that was fucking with me. Right? It wasn't a good week. Sick, and then this happens. And now I'm getting better. You know, sinuses are clearing up. I'm thinking a little clearer. Maybe that woke me up. Maybe I'm woke now from last night. Maybe I'm woke, but probably not. So I'm just laying there on my couch because I can't sleep in the bedroom. Too many thoughts. Thoughts I'm fucking twisting and turning. Can't fall asleep. It's all these, again, circus thoughts. Dun, 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 dun. It just keeps going on in my head. I can't shut them up. It's like that little fucking monkey that uh, with the symbols from the 1970s. Ding, ding, ding. Just constantly chiming in my head. I'm like, dun, 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 dun. shut up. It just it just won't shut down. My head won't shut off. So stop swirling constantly. And it, it just keeps going around. What's the problem? Where are the problems? What's the problem? And then again, it always comes back to me because I'm a selfish, vain asshole. But it keeps coming back. What did I do wrong? Why am I living here? Oh, I don't make enough money. And somehow it all it came back to that. I don't make enough money. I'm a failure. This is why we're living in this neighborhood. My wife makes more money than me. I, I've tried to make money. I've tried to get jobs that are decent. I'm trying to do creative outlets and things like that to try to earn some income here and there. But again, it's rolled back to me. Still thinking about safety of my children. And I can hear the cops still working outside. I'm like, oh, fucking bullets coming through windows. Bullets coming through windows. But I don't live in a fucking, I don't live in Syria, right? I don't, I don't live in Rwanda when that shit was going on. So I, I feel, again, fairly safe. And that's probably the safest neighborhood I could live in was last night with cop cars out there till 2 in the morning. So safety was still there. The concern of just human beings was there. The general lack, like I mentioned many times already, lack of empathy that is just hovering through this world and always has. I'm not saying it's a new thing. War has always been a thing. There's always been war. And war is the biggest fucking lack of empathy ever. Ah, go kill them. Who? The bad guys. Well, they're not all bad. Ah, kill them anyways. Well, there's innocent, like, children and civilians, women and elders. Ah, kill them. That's fine. That's happened since the beginning of time. As long as you win, that's okay. As long as you win, that's fine. So, I guess our country, our, our imperialistic idea and nature, uh, a lot of countries have that. Let's just, we're, I live in America, so let's, and I grew up here, so let's just talk about that. The imperialistic of idea of, of, of our country, and that's what we are. We're bullies, right? We're the person that holds the gun and fires randomly into the crowd, don't we? Isn't that correct? 
I think we've done that before. I think we've randomly gone into a crowd and said, there's a bad guy. There's a motherfucker I got to beef with. And I'm going to get him. But I might have to take out a lot of people surrounding him. Isn't that how war works? Isn't that how drones work? Isn't that how these fucking android terminators that they're starting to produce now? And these corpse-eating robots that they're starting to produce for warfare? Isn't that how they're going to work? They're going to be... They're going to have no sympathy. They'll be emotionless. They'll have no empathy. They'll be straight-up killers. And do you think it will matter if they kill innocent victims and civilians? No. But we're not like that yet. We're not completely there yet, outside of all drones, of course. But we're not completely out there yet. And we have AI that's doing a lot more shit in some bunker in fucking Colorado. I understand that. Under some mountain somewhere where they're doing all these tests. Uh, it's, it's, something's coming, right? Something is coming. But going back to the money thing, it's a circle back that circle around back in my mind. Yeah, yeah, I need to make more money. And then why? I'm like, why am I thinking this? Why am I thinking this? And this is off topic, but California is fucking wildly expensive. It's shitty, and I want to get out of the state as fast as I can. Yeah, it's a beautiful state, beautiful. But I'd like to get out at some point. The cost for this house that just had a random shooting right in front of it. The cost of this house, I could buy probably four of those in Indiana. I'm not sure what Indiana's like. I've actually never been to Indiana, but I know I can buy a bunch of houses for the cost of one in this area of California. And that's all of California. All of California is expensive to the fucking most bohunk Central Valley place, to the most expensive, ritziest place in the Bay Area, to L.A., to San Diego, whatever it's going to be. They're all expensive compared everywhere else, right? Comparatively. So again, money. I think that's part of the problem. Economic status. And if I'm living here and thinking about that, and I don't make a horrible, my wife and I are middle class. That's just what we are. We're stuck in that same old middle class, paying the bills, watching our banks, or I don't watch a bank account. My wife does. Cause I don't do that shit, which I mentioned last time. Watching, you know, the monthly payments come out and then it rises back up twice a month when we get paid. And we have, we're educated to a certain extent, whatever that means. But we're middle class. We could make more money, of course. But look where we're living. We're living without other people who are struggling probably too. And even worse than us. And the guy who had the gun last night, how do you think his life was? And I'm not defending him at all. I'm not defending him. But again, this is what's going on in my head. What the fuck kind of life does this kid have? And I'm saying kid because I'm assuming he's probably not a 45-year-old man who's lived life and gone through trials and errors and had successes and failures in his life. I'm sure it wasn't some 52-year-old man who's reflecting back on his life that did that. It was some kid. Right? I'd say 20 years old. Let's just say 20. Maybe 21. Maybe 18. I don't know. But they're at least 16 if they're driving, right? Unless they're just suspended license or having their license. I don't know. But I'm just, again, what this kid, what is this kid's life like? To be able to do that. To be able to do that. And is money part of it? Is the money, no, it's not. But the, when you grow up without money, when you're completely impoverished, you might have no fucking other thing to do but join a gang. And randomly shoot people at a park. Ah, it's all fucking theoretical. I don't know. I don't know. But it just pisses me off. And again, to be selfish, it gets back to me again. Ah, we gotta get out of here. I need to live. I, I want to live in a quieter place. I want to live someplace with more land. Is that feasible in California with the jobs that we have right now? Probably not. Could we move to another neighborhood and sell this house after a shooting? <laughs> Probably not the best time to sell, right? Uh, put up a sign for sale in the next couple of days. I'm sure it's not going to uh, sell well when it's still in the news and our intersection is labeled on both the newspaper and uh, no specific address, but it's in the newspaper and it's on the uh, San Francisco news and right, the Bay Area news. 
when it makes that, it's probably not the best time to sell. Not the best advertising for the house. Give it a couple of months. It'll die down. There'll be another shooting somewhere else in a ritzier neighborhood, and it'll take away from here. But, yeah, I mean, could we, I would like to. I would like to move somewhere else. I would like to. Right? I don't know. So, I just had to get on today. I had, I had fucking a whole shitload of other topics to talk about. But when something like this happens, you got I got to get it out. I got to get it out. And again, just going back to the very beginning of this, you know, how do you protect your kids when you can't protect them from everything? And that's what I felt like. The Al Pacino, you know, he's they're shooting through his, uh, where, his bedroom, his master bedroom window. And where my children sleep. Right? That, that's how I felt. This is where my fucking kids are. This is, we're supposed to be protected here. We're supposed to be, uh, uh, at least I'm supposed to care for them and keep them safe. And I can't always, I can't always do that. Life comes at you, right? Life will always come at you and I cannot keep them safe all the time. And I guess another thing I could talk about or just, you know, the general, this will be my last point, the general idea of the cops. Like I said, they arrived quickly. They came within, I'd say, yeah, five minutes. Within the shooting, which is, like I said, the first unit pulled up probably in the, within five minutes, which I thought was fairly fast response. Maybe they're used to things happening in the general surrounding, uh, I don't know, 40 block. I don't know. I don't know the neighborhood that well. Like I said, I've lived here about a year. I don't, know, I don't do that much in this neighborhood. I don't, I don't work here. I work further away. We have to drive to our job. This is just where we ended up for now. So maybe they're aware of these areas. Uh, but they showed up quickly. But again, once they put the tape up, there's a typical cops, just the typical sort of Reno 911 cops, uh, big, thick mustaches, you know, just kind of the burly guy, really won't talk to you much. And they're, they're trying to see, they're trying to assess the situation, like I said. Then you get the nice ones that come, hello, how are you guys doing? You guys okay? All right, yeah. And then, you know, kind of smile at you here and there, try to lighten the situation. Uh, but this, there was a man that approached the tape line, and he was supposedly the coordinator for the soccer uh, uh, the kids, the, the, the whole league. He was the coordinator for the soccer league. And he comes up, and he's concerned, and he said he just left the, uh, the field like 15 minutes prior to the shooting, and he heard about the shooting, and he had to rush back. So he comes right in front of my house where I'm standing at the police tape, just looking around, you know, kind of eavesdropping and being a fucking looky-loo and a rubbernecker and just kind of trying to, you know, it, happened, it happened in front of my fucking house. Give me a break. It happened in front of my fucking house. I'm going to be aware of what's going on. It's funny how those things kind of become events almost, too. Whenever there's tragedy, it's almost like an event, like a street parade or like a, 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 a food market or something like that, right? I don't know. It's, it's like a Saturday flea market. It seems weird. Everybody's kind of around talking to each other. And once the tension dies down, it becomes almost a weird event. People group together through tragic cir circumstances and, you know, want to know what's happening. That's a humane thing to do. That's empathy, isn't it? Isn't that going back to empathy? But this, this soccer coordinator... This lead coordinator, he's trying to talk to the nearest cop. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. And this cop comes over. Yes. And he, you can tell right away with his demeanor, the way he looks. And he's like, this guy's going to be a dick. And he was. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't be a dick. But he was just a dick. And this guy was saying, we've, we've called many times about these fields that we practice on. We've seen people drinking and drugs and, you know, kind of gang activity at certain fields. We've been talking to you guys about this for years, blah, 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 blah. blah. You know, he's just kind of showing his concerns. He's obviously upset. Because this is going to affect his league. This is going to affect everything with the kids, where they're going to practice, where their games are going to be. It's going to affect recreation for a while, probably. We probably won't have games here in a couple of days on Saturday. Probably not. We're not going to hear those games going on and the kicks of the ball 
and the ball flying up over our fence. You know, uh, we're not going to see that probably. And that's going to be sad because that kid look forward to that shit. So he's concerned, obviously, and the cops just say, well, I don't know what to do about it. Have you called city council? Have you gone to city council? Have you done this? And then, no, sir, what about, we call we called you. So, well, this, we, have, we, we see this every day. We see this 20 times a day. I don't know what to do about it. And he just walks away. And I, oh, my God. So I'm thinking, yeah, he's doing his job. But again, what happened? This keeps, this is, what, should I title this fucking podcast, Josh and his problem with empathy? Or what's happening in the world with empathy? Yeah, but that cop showed none. The cop. And in my mind, a cop should. Yes, I know their fucking jobs are hard. And I'm going to have people, uh, four people listen to this. That's a theme of this as well. If I have a cop eventually who listens to this podcast, they're probably going to be like, oh, our jobs, I know your job's hard. I know your fucking job's hard. But does that mean empathy is not part of it? Does that mean you can't be a little sympathetic to this man who coordinates all these kids out here and the kid he probably knows who got shot and the coach who we definitely knows who just got shot? You can't be a little bit more empathetic and be like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry of your concern, sir. I know this is, a, this is a tragic situation. Here is a number or here is what you should be doing. You can go to City Hall. We have a tough job as police officers because we, we have to go to several different areas at once. We're not in charge of changing regulations or restrictions or, or league rules or recreate. That's not our department. But I understand your concern. What's so hard about that? What's so hard about that? And the situation has already happened. The tension has died down. The bodies have been transported by ambulance to the nearest hospital. Now it's just questions and trying to keep people away from the crime scene. That's what it is. So this guy was just more of a roadblock, the police officer. He was people. He was a guy just trying to keep people back. So why can't he just take a moment? Why couldn't he just take a moment? And then this other officer later on, I'm standing outside with my neighbor, and he comes towards me, and he was the empathetic type. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Uh, and then, you know, just kind of smile on his face. And he said, did you guys ask my, his first question to me was, do you have a, uh, I forget what he called it, a ring or something like that? It was a, it was a camera system on your, on your house. Uh, I said, no, I don't, I don't have that. Because obviously where the shooter went diving back into the car and taking off in the SUV, the brown SUV, uh, it, I probably would have caught on camera if I had one. But I don't. My neighbor didn't have one either, I don't think. It, but the tree between our yards would have blocked her view anyway, probably, of, of the perp, of the, of the shooter. So he's just asking that question. He's like, okay, sir, uh, what's your name? Is this your house? Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but he was nice about it. He was nice. And then he goes to the, my neighbor. Then he goes to the neighbor over, over there. And he walks down, which is a pad of paper in town, taking down, uh, in his hand, taking down phone numbers. And again, always with like, not a cheery smile, like, how you guys doing tonight? All right, great night. No, just, okay, empathetic smile. He had an empathetic smile on his face. But what? It, not to say age was a thing, but the older 55-year-old cop, yeah, maybe he's seasoned and grizzled, and he's, he's seen a lot of shit, and he just can't be empathetic empathetic anymore. Yeah, maybe. And this guy's more of a younger guy, maybe 25, 30 years old, new to the force, a rookie, a beat cop. Maybe he still has that sort of energy to try to help the people. Really, that's what he does the job for. I want to help people. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just an old, crusty asshole. Maybe I'm fucking unsympathetic. Maybe my empathy is gone. Because I had none for the shooter last night. I had absolutely no empathy for that shooter last night. And again, all the stories in my head, what would I have done, would have done if I saw him, if I ran outside and I saw him, and he, me and him had a confrontation around the corner of my fence, what would I do? I'd like to think I'd hit him, tackle him, take the gun out of his hand, kick the shit out of him. I'm no fighter. I'm no tough guy. But that's in my mind. I would have done that. Yeah, I would have faced the bullet. 
and I would have faced the gun. I probably would have just, ah! I probably would have cowered away and ran back into my house. I don't know. I don't know. But again, all these theories, all these fucking uh, circus ideas constantly playing through my head. And they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. So tonight, when it gets around that same point of the evening, am I going to think about it? I can't send my kids outside in the backyard even? Because a stray bullet can go through the wooden fence? No, I can't think like that. I can't think like that. I can't go play basketball or send my 13-year-old to the park by himself to shoot hoops, which he's been doing lately. I, no, it's fine, right? It's fine, I think. Isn't it? I don't know. If you listen to this, you guys tell me. You guys tell me. I need help with this one. This is a tough one. The tough cookie. The tough situation. So today, try to be empathetic to somebody. Someone cuts you off in traffic, just, ah, hey, hey, no skin off my teeth. It's fine. Someone screws you over and cuts in line at the bank or something. Be like, ah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's all right. It's all right. I'm having a good day. People are fine. Humanity is still here. And I think we're better than we think we are. And I know we're better than I definitely think we are at this moment. So, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Just trying to show a little bit more love for all. Love for all. Yeah, love for all. All right. See you guys next time.